Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Goes to the Movies. This is a movie review podcast, obviously. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. I'm the Prime Millennial. Ya boy, Chucky B. And with me, my most glorious co-hosts as always johnny bloody violent spade i'm also here and my name is jt got you like a fish money yeah and when i say we went to the movies we went to see scream 2022 edition because it's apparently not scream 5 so now if i spent more time on internet message boards i might have already known this term but this movie taught it to me this is a requel apparently just like halloween from a couple years ago but anyway before i won't say anything more yeah this is episode 142 like i just said we went to the movie theater today and we saw scream this is uh not something we often say but today is the sunday like the sun, like the opening weekend. This movie came out two days ago. Yes, yes. So, so this is super fresh for us. Yeah, that, I mean, like that's not something we necessarily talk about all the time. Is like when we actually are recording, basically. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't ever talk about that. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're right about right though. But if you have any questions or comments, you can head on over to our website, fiftyrandyquades.com. And uh, you can let us know what the fuck is up. So, Spade, I just want to let you know. You're humble? No, 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 no. Oh, that's, that's what I'd heard as well, that you were called Chuck the Humble? I, I don't know if it's real or not. I, I've heard that I'm a legend. I've heard that you heard you were a legend. <laughs> yes, yes. That is very true. <laughs> you know what also is true? It's always someone you know, brother. I heard that was a tagline for a movie that recently released. Was it one that came out two days ago? It could have been. Maybe three days ago. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the truth. It is always someone that you know. The truth is the truth. Shut up, Matt Hardy. And you'll know the truth when you listen to the trailer for Scream. Oh, should I play the trailer for the original Scream? If you want to be a jerk. This isn't funny, Amber. When you like to play a game, Tara.
happening. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. In the horror mystery genre again. Dude, we're back in the original murder house again. Yeah, yeah. We're also back. Hold on. Spoiler. Sorry. We're also back from the movies again. Yes. So I just want to let everybody know, you know, Happy New Year. It's 2022 now. It is a great month. (laughs) February is a good month. Because it's freedom I, I, for. I'm gonna me. tell you right now. I I rate February in the, it's in the bottom two or three months of the Ooh, year. I, it's one of my favorite months. It's rough. It's a rough month. I just want to say. <laughs> All right, listen, guys. If you haven't noticed, and I point this out every time, or or Chuck does, but it's gonna be me this time. We are here to talk about everything, both scream related and otherwise. Yes. Yes. Or at least we mean to. You know, that's right. So if we go off the rails every now and then. I'm not going to apologize to you because we just warned you. Yeah. And we, you know what? We'll, we'll, we always reel each other back in like a good game of fish. Hold on. Which game is that? You know, the one where you go and you throw the thing out into the water and then you like you reel it in. Like actual fishing? Yeah. Could I- that be called a game since it's a sport? And basketball is a sport. Well, it's, it's called game. game fishing, too, right? I was going to say, I think it depends on what kind of fishing we're doing. If you're fishing for sustenance or survival, not a game. If you're well, fishing... game of life. Yeah, life's a game. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But if you're out there on ESPN catching and releasing for big money purses, that's a fucking game. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could the be game a game of life. The game of life. Come on. I think there is actually a game called life. There too. is. <laughs> and that would be playing a game. You're playing a game with your life right now. So all we're trying to say is that basically there's going to be a warning. And then after the warning, anything could and will be said about Scream. We're going to go through a like you know a review of it. So we're going to need to talk about it. So here's your warning. In three, two one all right so the main star of the movie turns out to be one of the original killer billy loomis's daughter and she attracts dewey dies dewey dies she attracts a boyfriend who has met 
a friend of her sister's on Reddit or something online where they decided that the Stab movie franchise had become bullshit and they were going to give them fresh real material by killing Billy Loomis's daughter and her sister and all these other people who were related to other people who were there in the first movie. Basically, well, they were going to try to frame. Uh, Sam, 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 who is Billy's daughter. But the point is this. They basically do the requel thing I said earlier, and they are as meta about it as Scream has always been by explaining what a requel is. Oh, and so they hate Scream 4. Uh, eight. They hate Scream 8. They hate Stab, Stab 8. Stab, Stab 8. 8. They don't hate Scream 4. They just don't really deal with Scream 4. I feel like that they're kind of talking about Scream 4. They did. With Stab 8. Did yeah, the that's killer what have a chainsaw in Scream 4? I don't really remember Scream 4, which might be the point. If the, if the yeah. fans of Scream hate Scream 4, I might like Scream 4. I'm going to have to watch it. I don't remember having an issue with it, but I also don't remember like watching it and being like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I remember watching it and being like, oh, all right. But in the end, it's Sam's boyfriend and one of Sam's sister's friends who are the killers, but they get killed, and Sam and Sydney and Gail, and Tara. It's a lot like the first one, basically. Very, very, very similar to the first one. And it's probably one of the better Scream movies since the first one. Doesn't top two because it's two derivative from one, which is intentional, but just because it's intentional doesn't mean I'm going to give you credit for it. That's all. You know, I don't have a problem with this movie. And we'll, As we talk about it, it was, like I really enjoyed it, but... They kind of pointed out in the movie, because you don't have a Freddy, because you don't have a Jason, because you don't have a Michael Myers, you can't repeat your same killers every movie. You don't have that luxury. And it's hard to come up with credible ways to keep this tied to the original in any way. Well, Hollywood's the killer. It's kind of toyed with in number two. Well, they just instead they just flipped it on its head. Instead of having a returning killer every time, you have a returning hero every time in Sydney. It's just a reverse... The reverse angle of it, which really hadn't been ever tackled before. And just like in, in this one, Sydney's in it, played by um, Nev Campbell, and she teams up with two of the other characters in the movie, Sam Carpenter, as played by uh, Melissa Berea, and um, Courtney Cox playing Gail Weathers, right? So they just end up saving the day in the end. But we're kind of jumping ahead of, way ahead of ourselves for this uh, mystery horror thriller. We're not. You are. You're the one who started naming the fucking cast list off. No, I was trying. I was trying to bring it back to to this thing. Well, yeah, this movie's rated R for its strong, bloody violence, hence Spade, and the language throughout, hence me, and some sexual references, hence JT. I love sexual references. <laughs> I mean, in certain ways, gut you like a fish could certainly be a sexual reference. I'm not sure it's one I would use. I'm not sure it's one that would be received well by anyone, but probably not. But in the right circumstances, just maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe it's like you're talking like maybe you're a fisherman and you're also. I, like, I've been playing that game a lot lately. So. <laughs> so, yeah, like we talked about, this movie came out January 14, 2022, and it debuted number one so far for this weekend or at least is estimated that the um has been is going to debut that high 
So the figure you have on the sheet right now at thirty point six million is an estimate of what's going to pull I've, in by the end. I'm of the I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's an estimate or if that's what it's pulled in throughout today on uh, the box office that I checked. All right, so the top five. Uh, I know I've seen one of these movies, and I know Mr. Spade has seen one of these movies. I've seen. I haven't seen any of them. So number two, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, in its fifth week. Uh, coming in at twenty point eight million dollars. Sing two, number three, week four, eight point two million dollars. Yo, what's up? Number four, we got the three five five at two point three in week two. And then in fifth, uh, a movie that I really do want to see, a, a part of a franchise I enjoy, uh, The King's Man. Two point three million dollars in this fourth week. Pretty good. The King's Man sounds like an Oscar contending drama about a king and his gay lover. Well, this is yeah. This is the uh, you have heard of the Kingsman. Yeah, no, I know what this is. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you what it sounds like when I just read the title. I know what it is, so I, I don't think that. I just told you. I also know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't think that. That's your problem, not mine. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So this movie has an estimated budget, $24 million. And with this uh, worldwide $30.9 million brought in in its opening weekend here so far, it is already a profitable movie and uh, thus successful. I'm guessing a big part of that budget was on bringing back the three people from the original movie. I'm sure it was. Maybe rebuilding those sets unless they just have them. Yes, I don't know with that house... Like, the exterior of the house, at least. I'm sure the interior in both were sets. And they definitely had to rebuild that set. But I don't know if, like, the shots of the house from the outside, if it's a real house. There's still a good chance that however many years, 25 years later, the but house doesn't look re- the yeah. same anymore anyway. Like, that, yeah. They probably just rebuilt the whole motherfucker so they could do whatever they wanted to it. And so this movie was not written by James Vanderbeek, but it seemed like it. It also wasn't written by Gary Busey. No, 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 no. But it was written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. You know, that's right. And uh, who directed this movie? Johnny! Fucking, you know it was Matt Benson. <laughs> I don't know why that got me so much. Fuck. Damn it. You know. Damn it, I can't say that you know now. <laughs> it was directed by Matt Bettinelli Open and his good friend Tyler Gillett. Gillett. <laughs> Tyler Gillett. Holy shit, what a fucking name. I like it. Well, I bet it's pronounced Gillet. Gillette. Gillet. Gillet. Like a filet? Uh, a Gillet mignon? <laughs> With some weed butter. <laughs> a Gillet Ulpin? The fuck is a Gillet Ulpin? No, I know that it's another last name. <laughs> but what's an Ulpin? You know, an Ulpin. I'm Ulpin, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 All right, so the rest of the star cast, we got David Arcat who plays Dewey Riley. I'm sorry, Dead Dewey Riley. <laughs> yes, Dead Dewey Riley. Gutted like a fish, actually. Oh, we're going after David Arquette? Well, because we already talked about Sydney, Courtney, Sam, Monica. We didn't talk about uh, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter, the opening scene girl, which is important in the screen movie. We also got Jack Quaid, who was Richie. That's why I recognize him. He's a Quaid. He's, I think, Dennis Quaid's son. Really? I think Jack Quaid is Dennis Quaid's son. So we got a Quaid. We got a Quaid namesake on this episode, baby. We got a Quaid steak. <laughs> then we got Mikey Madsen 
plays Amber. Or maybe it's Mickey. And that could go either way, but I would read it as Mikey, just because it could be Mickey. A Mickey Madison. <laughs> we got M- Molly Shelton. <laughs> is Deputy Judy Hicks. Ha-ha. Dylan Millette. Minette Millette. Minette Mouse. Dylan Minette as Wes Hicks. Jasmine Savvy Brown plays Mindy. <laughs> He's not Savvy Brown. <laughs> That's a smooth duke. It's Savoy. I'm going to go with Savvy. Your boy, Savoy. Sonia Amar is Liv. And then to round it off, we got Mason. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know why you're fucking cracking me up today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then Mason Gooding as Chad. Who the fuck is Chad? Was he the... He's the twin with Mindy. Yeah. yeah. And then we got the IMD breakdown. 25 years after an original series of murders in Whisper, a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. Sidney Prescott. (laughs) 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 25 years. 25 years. Nope. 25 years after the original series of murders in the woods. Murders in the room morgue. (laughs) Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're going to do Sydney. So, yeah, like we have established that this is 25 years after Billy Lumos and Stu Macha. They Ma- terrorize. Mocker. 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 Sorry. Sorry. I'm making a mocker of this. <laughs> well, they terrorized Woodsboro, right? Just, that, that was the original Scream movie. When they gutted everyone like fishes, just no, like they were playing a game. They really only got one person fishing. like a fish in the first one. Uh, Drew Barrymore, when they hang, and that's the thing. It's always that was been, brutal. Well, because you open up the first murder in the whole movie, and at the time you don't know it's gonna be a franchise, obviously. But it's Drew Barrymore getting fucking stabbed through the neck, and then stabbed through the fucking well, first through the heart, then through the neck, and then whatever else. And then when you see her revealed as dead, she's hanging from a tree with her guts hanging out. And right, so when you open in this movie, and it's a young girl at home. And here's the difference between casting in the 90s and casting now. They cast someone who looked like a teenager to play that role, yeah. which makes it even more harrowing to watch that attack go down because she looks like a child. You're watching Drew Barrymore. You're like, oh, I'm watching someone who's 30 playing a high school or get murdered. Like, it's not like I can tell this is a movie, but the opening scene in this was fucking brutal. Yeah, it was really brutal. And that's why, like, when we were talking after the Let's movie, bring that up later when it makes more sense for the listeners. All right. So... But the whole thing is, it she starts gets off like the original scream, though. You get the phone call. You get the phone call while she's texting with her friend, and she's even like while she's talking on the phone, like pulling the knife out of the 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 knife block, just like Drew Barrymore was doing. So my biggest problem with this entire premise of this beginning of the movie is it's 2022. Who fucking has a landline? People. People still definitely yeah. have landlines. I don't know if I know anybody with a landline. How many people do you know? Wes has a landline. What? They have a landline? Oh, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. How many people you know and how intimately do you know their homes? I and guess that's right. I just assume landline. people don't if they have cell phones. It's still a smart thing to have, especially if you got like kids and shit, like just in case. You never know. 
like and what is the landline five bucks a month i don't know i don't have yeah, a landline so i don't think it's very much if you're getting i mean i don't have one so i don't know either but it's not unfeasible and you can tell like it's not her main mode her especially her main mode of communicating she ignores it when it's an unknown caller the first time and she is texting with her friend on her cell phone I, yeah i guess it is feasible it just seems unlikely to me my mom just got rid of her landline when she moved to her new place i mean at this point that's like five years ago but she had a landline up until five years ago and she probably wouldn't have got rid of it if she wouldn't have moved the a bigger problem for me here is it's 2022 and she was texting her friend on her cell phone and then this dude calls who she assumes is like her mother's boyfriend and then she just has a conversation with him on the phone like I would be like, okay, I'll tell her you're called. Bye. Like, I think the way I didn't have a problem with that because it sounded like from the way she was talking with this guy that it's someone she knew her mom had been seeing for a while, but her mom hadn't told her. So she, her mom thinks she's being sneaky, but Tara's figured it out. And so now she's got Charlie on the line and he's clearly flustered. Ooh, he accidentally revealed they know each other from group or whatever. Ooh, fucking clumsy little idiot Charlie. I'm going to play a game with him and, you know, give him my teenage attitude. And then he slowly reveals the voice changes throughout the call. And then he's fucking the ghost face killer. I can see where you're coming from on like, why would she have a conversation at all? But I just kind of took it as she knew who Charlie was as a character. And this is her first time ever interacting with him because the killer did their research. I'm guessing they know that there's a Charlie from group. They seem to know everything about everyone people who did the killing yeah yeah which is almost also kind of like a little bit suspect you're like how do they know everything you got to take leaps just like in the first one yeah. like to just assume maybe they got lucky and found out some information or something like Wait, where's her mom during this they were saying uh she was at a conference somewhere like a work conference yeah i think she was out of the country or something on a war yeah it was when tara because like tara she survives this initial brutal fucking attack by ghostface stabbed like slashed on the gut stabbed in the gut stabbed in the back like twice stabbed through the hand and then she has like her ankle or lower like tibia like chin or something snapped yeah because she's like on the ground and ghostface just like fucking kicks it with his like not kicks it but stomps on it and like breaks it so yeah she ends up surviving and then she has to go to the hospital obviously so then we meet Sam and her boyfriend. Because Sam gets a call from someone saying, yo, Tara's in the hospital. She got attacked. You got to get back. Because Sam left home. The way they played it, she was, what, five years older than her sister? Yeah, it was about five years older. So she left, like, five years previously when she was 18. Because she's, like, well, it had been longer than that that she left. But it had been a while either way. But she gets this call that she's attacked. So her and her boyfriend got to go back to Woodsboro. Yeah, I got it that she was like early 20s. Early to mid is where I was at because I think Tara was supposed to be 18. But I said she'd been gone for five years. Right. And yeah, if she left when she was 18, then she'd be about 23 years old. So there you go. We got her summed up. Sam, 23. Dayton, Richie? Yes, Richie. The murderer. They both work at uh, some bowling bowling alley. alley. I think so. She's popping pills. Yeah, and then that we find out later those are anti- psychotics or antidepressants antipsychotics because she sees supposedly yeah. she sees billy and i hated that whole fucking storyline of her seeing billy billy thumbs of approval to stab the murder at the end like billy's a good guy or something now yeah 
that felt super awkward to me that he's there like cheering her on and she is the hero maybe she'll be the killer in the next episode or season or show or fucking movie there we go they were framing her up to be the villain in this like the actual killers were so yeah you never know i guess but it just felt the whole billy seeing billy in mirrors thing just felt really really weird to me and i didn't like it yeah that was a little off it was just a red herring and a big red herring to try and get us to suspect her as being the killer yeah all right, so this basically lures Sam back to Woodsboro, and th- there's like the whole basic like her group of friends there at the hospital with her, and so like they kind of introduce to Richie, and then they explain why the mom isn't there because she's at the out of thing conference, and then the the new sheriff Judy Hicks. She comes marching in. She's like, I need to give everybody a interview. See if you're the murderer or attempted killer. Right? That's exactly how it happened. Yeah. Well, we find out yeah, there's the whole friend group. They all have a dynamic between each other. And it's funny because we find out in the end, it's Amber and Richie that put this whole thing together. Yeah. Killed all the people. What they first met in this opening scene, though, the dynamic between them was like, I was like, something's going to happen between them later. And at the time, in this opening scene with them, I was like, there's going to be some sort of, like, cheating or, you know, a moral relationship angle with Sam that might still turn into a killer. But I didn't... Uh, now, looking back on it in retrospect, it's like, oh, they were like, yo, what up? We're enacting our plan right now. Hell yeah. And so this is when we get introduced to the fact that Sam is seeing Billy Loomis in her, like visions and shit like that i guess like her in her psychosis at the hospital i'm just i fucking having a hard time concentrating on the storyline of this movie and follow even have looking at it right in front of me so after this the, the our main hero as depicted in the movie uh sam and her boyfriend they go to find they hunt uh dewey down and they're like hey man this is what's happening we need to get nah, you to help nah, us. No, nah, we skipped the murder if you're going down to Dewey already, though. Because they go out to a bar. The whole oh, yeah. goes out to the bar later. And this girl... So one of the twins, the jock twin or whatever, is dating Liv. But, like, they haven't gone all the way yet. And all that kind of shit that you get with, like, teenagers in these kind of movies. Oh, they're going to have sex later. Is it going to get them murdered? Or whatever. Someone she had a fling with like the year before or last summer, some shit shows up. And he's a real grease ball. Real he's got a switchblade, that kind of fucking guy, which a real fucking caricature of a character. Like I don't know. I I get why they put him in there because they're about to murder him five seconds later. Yeah. Because Ghostface stabs him and it turns out he's who is he related to? Ooh, I don't even remember that to be honest. He was related to Stu or or Bi- I don't think it was Billy. It might have been Stu or so- he was related to someone who was involved with the original shit. Because that's what starts they start to piece together is that because Sam reveals that she's Billy's daughter. That was my favorite murder. Oh, Vince is reviewed or uh, revealed to be Stu's nephew. Okay, okay. The the one the that guy in the parking lot was your favorite yeah. murder. He just stabs him in the neck, and that was it. Yeah, he just bleeds out. Comes up right behind him, a quick in and out. Yeah. And yeah, he just chokes on his yeah, own Yeah, that blood. arterial spray, that was cool. And then, yeah, I like that. 
Uh, I like the one. We'll get to it later. But there's no one I liked a lot too. Uh, but that was good because it came all of a sudden. Ghostface is in a parking lot, and you see in most of these attacks, Ghostface is stab happy, like seven or more stabs for everyone. But not this guy. Yeah, he was a nobody. Is I think how they were playing it. Like he just needs to die quickly, and in a public place. I'm not angry at this dirtbag. Okay, so then we get back to Dewey, right? And so Dewey's back by himself in this like little home. He's no longer with Gail Weathers, but he still obviously loves her. He's watching her on the news before they get there, and he's all, like, pining over her. He's living in a trailer after forced retirement from his sheriff position. Yeah. He's not doing great. Yeah, he's pretty depressed, and he's just kind of chilling all the time, it seems like. So he listens to their pleas, and he's like, all right, your two minutes is up. Get the fuck out of my house. And he kicks them out. But... Dewey is also, he's lived this game before. He's like, fuck, it's happening again. I got to contact Gail. I got to contact Sydney, and I got to let him know not to come back here. And Sydney's like, don't worry about it. I was never planning on coming back there. And Gail, he just texts. So we don't know what Gail says about it. Because she's, what, in New York now as a weather or a, a news anchor or some shit like that? Yeah. I believe it's New York. But that's when they go to uh, Mindy and Chad's, the twins' house, right? And that's when they kind of figure out, they're like, oh, shit, dude, we're relatives. Um, oh, well, well, don't forget, Dewey changed his mind and decided yeah, to help out. Yeah, he ends up showing there up there, too. So it's like their mother is Martha, the sister of the late Randy from the first one. A.K.A. Uh, Jamie Kennedy, if you don't remember the character's name, the guy who explains the rules. Yeah. And so they have a connection between the killer and Sam. And then there's Vince, who's revealed to be Stu's nephew, right? So they're all kind of like going, oh, shit. Okay, so like there's connections to the past. So if we figure out the pattern, we can figure out who they're going to kill next. And we can figure out also who the killer is. Well, when they were initially talking to Dewey, just people in the trailer, his first thing was, well, who's this motherfucker? The boyfriend, Richie. That's your guy, probably. But if not... Is there a close friend circle? Yeah, because like yeah. the number one rule was like, uh, like the it's love always interest, someone you know. And then number two was, it's always someone you know. And then number three was, it's never someone you know. Oh yeah, and that's when they accuse Sam of being the killer. Well, then she gets mad, and runs off on her own, which doesn't look great. Yeah, for that's true. Her. Like, really doesn't matter in the end, but some shit goes down now that no one really, like, is like, hey, where did you go on your own while these two motherfuckers just get marked? Yeah, and it's weird, too, because this happens right in the middle of the day when the new sheriff, Judy Hicks, she's all like, she's like, Sheriff Judy Hicks. She's like, hey, I gotta go to the store and get some sushi so we can eat some sushi for Leonard. I'm guessing it was not the store, but a restaurant. And I'm also guessing it was dinner, not dinner. I mean, it was kind of like, it seemed like it was the middle of the day. It's not, it doesn't always get dark at 4.30 during the year. Yeah, I guess that's just this time of the year, right? Right now, it feels like it's never ending nighttime, which is fine, but it's dark very early. Sometimes it's light until 8 o'clock. Yeah, sometimes. So, okay, basically, she leaves and... Homeboy, her son, Wes, he's all like, all right, I'm going to take a shower, and then I'm going to be all good, and then I'm going to get this, like, 
this stuff ready for supper. So he pulls out all the plates and stuff, and he pulls out all the everything that he needs, right? Chopsticks, everything. And he sets it all up, and then he's all like, shit, that door. What the fuck, Ma? Well, no, you home? Hold on. Here's one thing I hated about that, though. They did, like, six fake-out door. Like, is they someone, did a lot of Is them. there someone behind the door here? It wasn't six, but there were at least three in that little scene where he opens a door, and you're like, is someone going to be behind it when he closes it? And there never is. Well, there is in the one that you're talking about. Well, yeah, because, like, he, he hears the door open. He goes to the front door after calling out for his mom, and then she never answers. And then he gets to the front door, and... I thought it was kind of weird that he just shut it. I probably would have opened it to like look outside first. And let's not forget, if he were to open that door, he'd have seen his murdered mother who'd been stabbed like eight times. Yeah, she ended up coming home and getting murked by Ghostface in the middle of fucking daylight right outside their home. Like, that's in fucking sane to me. Yeah, I just like this part, too, where they were doing like the fake outs with the doors fucking opening and then closing. Because then it just reminds me, too, of fucking... Of watching the Princess Bride when they were doing the fucking wine. When he was like, oh, I'm not going to drink that one because you think I'm going to drink that one. So I'm going to drink this one. But you thought that I was going to drink this one. So I'm going to drink that one. I feel like, or it is what they're doing. is like, oh, you like horror movies. You watch them. So you know there's probably someone going to be behind that door once you close it. So we're not going to do it there. And then you're going to think that we're going to do it on the next one. But we're not going to do it there either. And we're not going to do it at that door either. It's the modus operandi of Scream. I guess it's always been a part of it. We know the rules. We're going to point out we know the rules, and then we're going to do whatever with that from there. But that the doors especially, it was just like, bro, I get it. You know that we know what's going on. I get that. You don't need to fucking tease me with the door bullshit. Get to the scare. Just get to the motherfucking scare. Or don't give me a blatant tease like that. Just legitimately pull the scare out of nowhere. Yeah. Don't give it away with the music building. You know, just straight up have someone pop out of nowhere and scare the piss out of me. Quit fucking around. So, yeah, homeboy shuts the door and he's like, huh, turns around. Ah, fucking ghost face is right there. This was my favorite kill. And just, yeah, like, like just starts going to stab him in the fucking throat. And he just slowly pushes that knife into his throat. It's right down the side of his neck, like deep enough in that obviously he catches some major shit and he bleeds out. But like it, you see it come out the other side of the neck yeah. too. So you see the blade in and out and he just falls down the doorway, just like spitting blood like that. Just that was brutal as fuck. Yeah, it was real fucking crazy. I don't know. I did kind of like the the murder of the the sheriff though because it was just like so abrupt i, I don't like like i like the, the kill itself was a good ghost face kill because it's brutal and quick i don't like the it happened on the sidewalk in broad daylight aspect of it though it's easy enough to explain away and it doesn't bother me but i just felt like too much to me Th- that's Part of the reason why I kind of did like it was Especially like, because she had called the cops to be there. And where the fuck were the cops at? Because she called yeah, them a while back. That seemed a little weird, too. Like, why aren't you believing your sheriff when she's saying get there? Like, well, I don't think it's a matter of not believing. I think it's just bad response time. I was like, why aren't they there then? Because she asked for a trace on something. That and killed me, too, because she's, like, texting. And she's like, oh, someone's on the phone or whatever. Fucking trace this. I'm like, does it even work like that? I don't think so. I really don't think it. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. Yeah, I have no idea. So, but there's just no way the town Woodsboro is not so big 
that someone couldn't have been there in the time it took her to finish driving home, getting murdered, and then her son getting murdered. No one was there. We didn't even hear a siren like that made the killer run off or anything. It was just cut from there and these two no sam i don't even know how they get to the point where everyone's there but when sam shows up the murder scene has been discovered they're processing it well and that's when gail shows up too that's true so yeah gail shows up and she's like what the fuck dewey you send me a fucking text can't even fucking call me god what the fuck and dewey's like gail why the fuck are you here and then he sees the camera crew and he's like, oh, yeah, camera's this good story, huh? She's like, no, like 95, well, I mean, like 90, I mean, like well, 75% of me wanted to be here. I mean, I mean, half of me really wanted to be here for you. The other half was like, damn, this is a story. Well, then we get their little story. Like, she got the job offer in New York. He went with, but he bailed after two months, just ran out in the middle of the night because he was never meant to leave Woodsboro. He needed to stay as the protector. Yeah, he needed to die there. Dewey's dead? Oh, yeah, not yet, but he, he will die. Oh. But then Sam realizes, hold on a second. I see the sheriff dead over there on her sidewalk. I see the other guy who was guarding my sister at the hospital, and he's here right now. And she's like, dude, what the fuck? Who's watching my sister right now? He's like, I don't know, man. I only just now heard about the sheriff. So what's going on? So she's like, fuck, I need to get back to the hospital because Ghostface is there to try to kill her right now. I know it. Yeah. And so him and Dewey, they or her and Dewey jet to the fucking hospital and that's where tara's all like being stalked by Ghostface, and richie gets attacked when he tries to save tara dude it was that again there were so many things along the way that made me go that motherfucker's definitely in that on made this. me question it when she didn't go the back slash, and kill him well, no just for him the slash on the well i took it like you could rationalize that he's not connected to anybody from the first one so the killer's like i don't need the collateral damage i got enough other motherfuckers to kill but it was just the way he got cut on the arm daintily or whatever i was like nah that was a pity slice to yeah i figured that's what like. it was too it was a pity slice. Yeah, it was just a cut to make it seem like he wasn't in on it. Yep. I think that actually made it seem like he was more in on it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you mean like from there? And oh, of course it does. Like the stranger from nowhere and he survives with a surface wound when everyone else got brutally stabbed. Well, and, like if Ghostface just necessarily maybe like knocks him out, I could see them not going to kill him because, okay, he's not a part of this. Like, I don't need that extra shit to deal with. But I feel like Ghostface just immediately not being like, oh, you're here. I need to kill you because we saw that there was a guard on that floor that has dead uh, as fuck a slashed throat. I mean, that person didn't need to die other than the fact that they were just there. No, if Ghostface doesn't stab the shit out of you, then you're in on it. I think that should be a rule. Like ghost, but even in the first one, those two did stab each other. Stu, oh, I think you yeah. went too deep, man, or whatever he fucking says. Yeah. Well, that's why Richie, at some point later on, is trying to convince Tara that it could potentially be her sister. But that's a little bit later. Well, this is where Dewey fucking dies. Yeah, this is where he helps them escape. But then, like you were saying, he's all like, "I gotta go back and shoot this zombie in the head." Yeah. So he gets off of the elevator and he's like, they're not dead. They're not really dead until you shoot him in the head. And I'm just thinking, is he a fucking zombie dude? And then he goes out there and he fucking lines up the fucking shot in his face. And then his phone rings. And he's like, oh, let me check real quick to see who's fucking calling me before I fucking pull the trigger. And then in that fucking split second, he gets fucking gutted like a fish. 
And we find out later that this is Amber, who's the one that kills him in this scene. She's the one under the ghost face here. And she stabs him first in the front with a knife, then in the back with another knife, and then pulls up with both of them. I'm like, damn, that's a strong-ass high school girl that just gutted that grown man. Do they? Do we know who killed who? We know about that one because at the end yeah, she says, "Like individual." Do we know who killed? Like who killed who? Though, like we know that one. We know a couple of them, but do we know all of them? Well, let's think through what we got. Because I wonder let's... if you could tell if they killed people differently. My guess is the attack on the attack on Tara in the beginning was done by Amber because Richie still would have been with, with yeah yeah her with Sam wherever they were at. So that had to have been Amber in that case. The second one was Sam being attacked at the hospital, but she didn't get hit or anything, but like in that one room. And that would have been Richie. Yeah, that would have made more sense. He was watching Netflix. Yeah. Wait, would have the first one been Amber? Because wasn't that who she was on the phone with? And then he showed like the video of Amber. That doesn't have to have been live footage, though. I guess that's true. She could have filmed that like somehow ahead of time and then like the phone but she wouldn't have to have cloned the phone because it was her phone like yeah she could have pulled that off but yeah the second one that amounted to nothing in the hospital would have definitely been richie the third one was the dude in the parking lot i think that makes sense to be richie because they're all still probably in the bar i'm just trying to think was everyone at the bar was the whole group at the bar i assume the whole group was at the bar minus sarah or minus sam and richie but where would they have been? One with Sam flying off the handle all the time and running around and shit like that. Richie's got all this open time because remember he said earlier in the movie, he's like, no, I've never seen the when they're on their way there. He's like, no, I've never watched a single stab movie. That's what they do show him throughout the whole movie watching. So he's like, yeah, like it. They they set it up that he's like trying to educate himself about the real life murders through the stab franchise. So the sheriff. And Wes would have had to have been who then? I'm guessing that was probably Richie. Where was he at at that time? Because Sam, they were all at the house together and then Sam left. And then, yeah, would it would have had to have been Richie because he yeah, would have been left Richie to go? his own devices. So he did most of the murdering, it seems like, up to this point. It's, it seemed like it was probably a pretty even split, really. Well, if he did both of those and he did... The guy in the parking lot right now, that's one successful murder for Amber and one failed. So three to one, technically. Well, speaking. it also didn't seem like she was trying to kill Tara. She was definitely trying to kill Tara. No, I think she was trying to put enough in there to draw Sam back. Killing her would have drawn her back, too. I guess that's true. So, yeah, Dewey's dead is where we kind of left that there, right? And that's what draws Sydney back to Woodsboro. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because she has to find her way back to Woodsboro as well. And she had already said she didn't ever plan on coming back. But now she's got a reason to. Dewey's dead. See, couldn't they have figured this out at the hospital, like the failed attempt in the fucking break room at the hospital? Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure cameras. There's fucking cameras in the hallways of hospitals. There's no way that motherfucker walked in dressed like that and nobody fucking saw him. And then he had to go somewhere and somebody would see him fucking leave. And if he was stashing the shit somewhere, they would have noticed him go somewhere and then come back. 
what I wanted them to cover was because they were already going real hard with the psychosis thing. I wanted it to kind of come up or at least explain the fact that it maybe could have been just in her head. I figured that was a fake attack. And that they would show. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like they were going to show footage where it was just her kind of like freaking out by herself in there, like pushing chairs and shit like that around, like like she's actually running from something. But there's nothing there. That's kind of what I was expecting. And then when they never went back to it, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's what I thought I was thinking, too. It was in her head. But then when they went back and they were like, oh, we're going to get more protection for your sister. We're going to put her on a different floor. It seemed to give more credence. But that's the thing. Like, we're going to put her on that scene where Dewey ends up getting killed. They have to go to save her. There's one security guard on that floor and, like, all the lights have been turned off. But where are other nurses and doctors and technicians and any other person who would be on a hospital floor? Yeah, it didn't really no seem... No one else was there. I hate when they do that shit in hospital scenes and stuff. Like, you gotta give me a good reason to believe that floor is empty. I've been in hospitals before. Like, they ain't just empty like that during operating hours. Yeah. They're just not. So I didn't particularly enjoy many aspects of that, but the kill itself was pretty fucking cool. The Dewey kill. Like, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. A lot of blood just pouring onto the floor. Not a gory movie, though. Just a bloody movie. The knife stab through the neck is probably the goriest thing. The snapped leg is pretty gross, but you don't, like, see it. All right, so this is about the part where Richie and Sam are basically like, all right, why don't we do what... Like, they never do in any horror movie, and that's get the fuck out of here. And Well, Sydney and Gail are like, girl, you know they ain't gonna work, right? Like, it's just gonna follow you. Sam's like, bitch, that ain't my story. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Sydney's like, I don't think someone will put a tracker in the car. And so, like, Richie, Sam, and Tara are all, like, leaving town, and then Tara starts freaking out that she can't find her inhaler. And she's like, well, I need it. Like, I need my backup. It should be in here. Well, Richie's like, well, we ain't fucking turning around. We're just going to have to stop. And she's like, well, I need a prescription for it. And he's like, well, can you wait until we get to. Did she say that? She did say that she yeah. needs a prescription. Can you just call it? your doctor and be like, hey, can you put in this prescription? Like, did she need the fucking inhaler at that moment? She said she was going to need it by before they were going to get to Modesto. Where there was another one or something? Well, that's just know. where she, where Sam lives. So they could have, like... What, get a prescription then and there? I think they couldn't get one because it was later at night on whatever night it was. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like, you're going to be able to call up your doctor at 9 p.m. on a Friday and get a prescription? Probably not. I mean, I don't know how that works. I don't have prescriptions for anything. I don't think it's really that hard to get a fucking inhaler if you actually need it. Yeah, I don't Like, know. I'm sure there's some way you could go to a pharmacy and they just pull up that you get refills on your fucking inhaler and be like okay here you go yeah i also don't think you can can you abuse an inhaler no i don't think so so yeah that's basically where she's like well shit i got one at ashley's house we can or i got one at amber's house we can just stop there that's like kind of on the way right and richie's like no absolutely fucking not we're not fucking doing it why don't they just go back to her house and get dude's house their house where she lives, Amber or not Amber? Tara. Tara. Is, is there one there? Maybe. I don't. Th- I think that the only oh. one she had. I, again, I don't know, but I think the implication was the only one she had was back at that hospital. Which, either way, go back to the fucking hospital now. Like the cops and shit are there. Oh, that's like just go back and get that one back. 
Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. I feel like the killer's not going to come back. and. Ma- I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but they're not going to come back and make another strike at that hospital right then and there. Well, it ends up being that there's a reason that they have to go to Amber's house, and that's because she lives in the house that the original murders took place in. Stu's house. Correct. And there's a big-ass party going on in Memorial of Wes. Yeah, so that's when... Chad, one of the the athletic twin, turns down his girlfriend for sex. She runs off. He goes to follow her. He gets I, apparently not killed. Yeah, I'm having a hard time believing he didn't get killed. By so I'm guessing it's Amber who's botching all these kills. That would have to be. It would have to be. Yeah, because Richie's still kill. driving with right. Yep. So she botches that kill, and then because they they pull up just as he's getting stabbed in the side a bunch of times oh yeah the headlights are like on the murder well i guess so she does have to run off from that so oh i'm sorry like she botched it the first time when she yeah, stabbed she him could in the have, leg and he got away she could have like just slit his throat but i do when you think about it you know who's doing it afterwards it would make sense that he'd be able to fend her off because he's a big gigantic dude and amber's small high school girl yeah but also i mean like but she's also shown that she's got insane strength that she can pull up two knives on a grown-ass man uh, gutting it but again that's in retrospect like it's hard that's why they don't really play it as who's who it doesn't seem like at least like well also isn't richie in the is richie in that elevator when when yeah yeah so it has to be her no i knew that was her she claims that one well yeah i know she claims to kill gail she's like yeah to kill both of you what an honor so that's uh mindy also gets attacked in in this home sequence basically but that's a little bit later here's what we can do at this basically everyone's here everyone's a suspect and everyone is made to look like they could be involved in what's going on Everyone shows up. Nevcam or Sydney shows up. Gail shows up. Like the whole deal is going on. And just as they're coming up, the reveal is made. And there's a credible chance that there are a number of people who could be the guilty parties here. But it's revealed to be, as we said, uh, Richie and Amber. Yeah. And as the two, as Gail and Sydney are coming up, they got their guns out because Sydney brought two with her. And they're going to shoot Amber. But Amber shoots Gail right in the gut. Yeah. And doesn't get shot herself, but runs back inside. So there's just basically this whole, like, running around trying to figure out... Oh, everyone got kicked out of the party, too, before that. Yeah, That's yeah. why it's an empty house and just the people yeah, that need to be here. When they all showed up, Richie and Sam basically, like, ended the party. Oh, and Amber did, which was a little confusing at the start. And then you're like, oh, okay, there's a reason why she wanted to end it, because she's about to murder people. I can see why she would want to end it in general, too, just to be a good friend to Tara, because that's been her whole thing throughout is she just wants to protect Tara. Yeah. All right. So then that's when it basically gets to like a brawl in the kitchen, right? Where Sydney and Gail are in the kitchen. They're fighting off. Well, I'll just say the reveal is Amber reveals herself by shooting Liz in the fucking head. Yeah, she kills Liv. And then, or Liv, and then Richie reveals himself by stabbing Sam in the gut and then twisting the knife. Yes. And then she manages to be able to, like, do a lot of shit after that very brutal internal wound. Yeah, yeah, it's that one's crazy. a bit. That one's a bit much for me. Shouldn't have made the stab so brutal if you wanted her to be a fucking warrior afterwards. Well, because, I mean, like, they're pumping up the hero 
Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I forgot. She's possessed by the spirit of Billy fucking Loomis, the hero of the first movie, right? (laughs) Yeah, to the toxic fans, right? No, he's not the hero of the first movie to the toxic fans. Wouldn't he be? No, Sydney was the hero. They still recognize it. Just because they're the bad guys themselves now doesn't mean they think Billy was the good guy. They just want a good movie to be made. So they're doing all that it takes to do that. The implication isn't that they think Billy's the good guy. They know he's the bad guy, which is why they're framing his daughter. All right, so that's when they take uh, Amber and Richie. They take Sarah, Sydney, and Gail into the kitchen. Or Sam. I keep calling her Sarah. Sam, Sydney, and Gail into the kitchen. Um, And they're talking about like how they're super dedicated fans of the Stab franchise and how there hasn't been a good movie since the first one and how last one was absolutely fucking trash. It seemed like a very weird motivation to want to make all these murders happen. It's it's the scriptwriter making a commentary on actual toxic fandom, and I honestly thought it was an interesting take on it. It was an interesting take, but it was just, it seemed to me... It'll be dated in about five years to the point where it has no impact when you watch it, though. I think it would have been better to more heavily lean into the... Uh, relations that all these people share with the they did the with the movie. first one the well yeah they, they did but then they all of a sudden made it about being fans right by using the mythology of the first one throughout the entire fucking movie i don't know that was just part of the reason why i i'm not saying it was good but it's not that it doesn't make sense yeah i i guess yeah i just i guess i didn't like it but and then there was also other things I didn't like with this movie, like what you're talking about with the Billy Loomis being like a fucking superhero. Well, let's finish this movie off so we can fucking stop talking about it and All just right. give our ratings. So basically, the bad guys get overpowered and the good guys win. Well, let's not forget Sydney gets stabbed in the gut too. So all three of these women got gut wounds. Yeah, and Tara's tied up in the closet, but is also no longer tied up in the closet, and she shows up. By the end of it, all four of them are murderers. Yeah, everybody's killed somebody. All four of our heroes are murderers, too, but it's righteous murder, so it's okay. And then we find out, as they're all kind of leaving the house, that the twins, Chad and Mindy, actually survived. It didn't surprise me that Mindy survived, because they only showed, like, one stab, or at least from what we saw. I don't know if there was more than that. But the fact that Chad lived after the stab to his inner thigh, which was gushing blood, yeah. and then like six to his side, or five or six, quick. That's the thing about the ghost face. There's a brutal ghost face in this movie. The kills, at least, were just like quick and brutal. And then, yeah, Gail also reveals that she's not going to write a book about the murderers. She wants their... Uh to just remain anonymous basically so they don't get uh, notoriety but she wants to write a beautiful story so she can gush about her ex-husband and that's scream not five and do you guys have anything else to say before we get to the rating portion of this podcast i don't know if i want to just talk about it when i get to my rating rating or if i want to talk about it now i mean i you can throw it in your rating all right all right so we're now at that portion of the podcast where we are going to rate Scream Not 5 on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's, where 1 is the absolute worst, 50 is the absolute best, and 2 to 49, literally anything in between. IMDB rates Not Scream 5, 37 Randy Quaid's. Wow. I mean, taking 
taking point that this is Early, two yeah. days after it's come out. The majority of people going to see this probably wanted to really see this and then a lot of people i feel like that want to see a movie are just gonna say it's good bro there are just as many people who go to watch movies because they want to shit on them too i guess that's that's just how shit works now you're getting both sides of that coin so do you want to go first mr spade oh man all right (laughs) i don't like the fucking rule thing and the whole i guess they use the meta everybody says meta now i fucking hated it sounds like someone being hip fucking bullshit like, they had the scene where fucking girl was breaking down the movies and the requels and shit. Well, this Scream itself, when it came out in... I know, like, that whole like, thing, like... What was it? That's, that's the hook of Scream. I know, I know. But I'll just... That was part of my problem. I'll get to it, is they overdo it here. Because she was, like, doing this whole thing about the movies and meta this and fucking meta that. And that part, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like, that was killing me. And then the end, dude, because they talk about these rules all the time, but then they just still do the stupid, same stupid shit that happens in fucking horror movies. And then at the end, when they're like, they're given their fucking motivations of why they're killing them, and they just keep talking and talking about it, just fucking kill them all fucking ready, dude. Yeah, that's my that same problem. That was driving problem. me nuts. And then the other part is when they get, when fucking Nev Campbell and Monica get to, uh, get to the house, and they hear shit's going down in there. And then they just stand there like, yep, sounds about right. Are you ready? Like, shit's going down. Get the fuck in there. Like, this isn't an action movie where you're like, let's go, buddy. Let's go get it done. Uh, but that interaction was in the trailer, so they needed that oh, scene. Oh, I thought that I, was stupid. I only know that because I happened to watch this trailer, but that's why that scene's in the movie, because it's a trailer scene. Oh. And that's why it sounds like it's from an action movie, because it had felt so weird. I can understand, like, taking your time getting in the house. But, yeah, we don't need that little buddy yeah. cop exchange. I just think the series probably just isn't for me. I don't like the whole rules thing and the movies based on the murders that happened in this universe. And I just don't like it. It had some cool murders. I think talking about it, I went up a little bit from what I originally thought walking out of the theater. This isn't for me. It gets a two. <laughs> I expected a low score, but that's a boy in blue score. I was throwing my fucking hands up at some parts in this movie. I'm like, fucking really? There's probably other shit I want to complain about, but it's not popping off my head at the moment. I'll go next. One of the most ridiculous things to me, and what really made me go, motherfucker, is in the fight scene at the end when Amber gets set on fire by the stove. I'm like, not a chance in hell she goes up in flames like that. Yeah, just, that was fucking she's not, ridiculous. She's not that flammable. She's not covered in gasoline. Like, come on. Like, I get why you did it, but get the fuck out of here. And also, I know she's not dead because no one fucking shot her in the head. You told me the rule already. The, this part reminded me of Child's Play. I don't wonder if that had, if that actually was an inspiration for this part because she gets set on fire and then we think she's dead and then mm-hmm. she comes back all fucking burnt up just oh, like yeah. in Child's Play. It wouldn't surprise me. So there's a lot about this movie I do like, like in theory, I think more than in practice. But it just felt like when you start writing the fact that you know what you're doing and we know that you know and blah, in that whole train, you only go so far with that before like it's not a funny little wink anymore. Now you're just throwing, you're shoveling shit into my face. I would rather watch Scream 2 for sure than this any day of the week. 
It's been so long since I've seen Scream 3, I don't know, but... Oh, it's really bad. I know that it is. I watched it, like, about a month or so ago. This just It just felt like, to me, if I wanted to watch this movie, I would just watch the first movie again. Ah, uh, yeah. Because it parallels so closely. It's kind of like with um, uh, The Force Awakens, how closely it parallels a lot of the beats of A New Hope. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Oh, yeah. This is in that same realm where I see the framework of the first movie Scream and you just kind of made a couple tweaks and now it's Scream Not 5, I guess. And that's cool and that's fun and I enjoy reveling in nostalgia of a little bit, but I don't need to go back and watch this again. And that's a problem for me in a, in a franchise. If you're going to give me a series of movies, I need to be able to go back and marathon those movies sometimes. You need to have rewatchability. And this doesn't feel like it has much rewatchability for me. Uh, I won't buy it, more than likely. I'd say I recommend it, especially if you like any other Scream movies. If you like slashers in general, I'd say check it out. As far as what I rated, I still haven't even fucking come to a decision on that because of how much of a sucker I am for this first movie and how much is played in that world, but then how much it annoyed me at the same time. I feel like this is a a, a, a quintessential 25 like it falls right in the middle. There's a lot about it I liked, but there's just as much as I that I didn't like. So, 25 for this bitch. All right, and I guess that leaves me, your boy Chucky B, and this with my rating. So, I liked a lot about this movie and I also disliked a lot about this movie. Just like at least you, JT, and whether or not I mean, like I kind of agree with a lot of the things that you said too, Johnny, where it was just like I've had my problem. I do, I do too. There's so much I agree with. I'm just giving it more slack because I'm a Scream fan, whereas you're not. Like that's the only difference. There, there was so much I hated that I gave a pass just because I was like, it was cool to see Nev Campbell back. I may have seen like the first Scream movie a long we, time ago. Were you on? We did it for 50 Randy Quaid's, didn't we? Pretty sure I picked it last year. No, I think this is the first one we've really? done. I know I've seen bits and pieces of some of them. And but, even if you haven't, it's one of those movies that's just like it's I in think the it's cultural the rules thing. If they took out like the little rules thing, I might like them better. But then it's not a scream. That's the, yeah, but then it's yeah, just not I know. a scream movie anymore. Uh, just watch um, Halloween, I guess. I don't really even like Halloween because <laughs> even in this movie, they straight up say like, "Well, Richie," when they're talking yeah, he's like, "Oh, it's like Halloween, right?" She's like, "No," and he's like, "Really?" She's like. Uh, yeah, I guess it is like Halloween. I got like slashers, but Halloween's not really one of them. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. See, that's not really my series. They're I big Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I like guy. Nightmare on Elm Street. I like Child's Play. Child's Play is really cool, but those both have such like ridiculous hooks to them, especially Child's Play. Like, I love that it's like basically a little voodoo doll. They all get ridiculous. Serial killer. Too. Like Nightmare on Elm Street gets ridiculous. The further it goes, Child's Play after three gets fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's when you get to five, especially in Nightmare on Elm Street, but even three starts to go. But that's my favorite one because it gets a little bit ridiculous, but not all the way ridiculous. So speaking of ridiculous, there's... That is relevant, though, because Wes Craven also did Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. He did Scream? The the one of the things I hate the most about the Scream franchise is Ghostface will kill everybody else in the fucking movie, or at least attempt to kill everybody else in the movie fast 
and not break down his motives and explanations to each and every individual victim. But it's always like, no, man, this is all about Sam. So she has to know why I'm killing her. So, like, I can revel in it more and I can get, like, that much harder when I finally kill her and frame her to be the villain. Because that's what they were doing here. Their whole goal was not to go down as the killers. Their whole goal was to bring her back, frame her for all these murders. It would be like, because they're like, oh, we know we'll get another movie out of this and this one will be good because they'll use this story as the framework. That's how twisted and fucking sick they are in their heads. But my thing is like, just kill everybody the same if you want to make it out alive. And it just boggles my fucking mind that every time they have to sit there and explain their reasoning why they're killing the people that they're killing. And that's one of my biggest issues with this franchise, to be perfectly honest. But I did also really like a lot of the things in this movie that you didn't seem to like, uh, Johnny. But that's because like I like the series, so I... I like the whole movie within, like, the movie based on the real events in the movie. That starts in movie number two, where they're on the set of the filming yeah, of the Stab movie. Yeah, I saw that one. Or no, that, the, Isn't it? That's, that's three. That's three? It's not two? No, and two, it's just, there's been a Stab movie and they're at the movie theater seeing the screening. Oh, no, that's, that's right. Because there's the, yeah, through. through the door or yeah. the partition in the stalls. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. part of one recently where they were having like a viewing of one of the stab movies out in like, yeah, the field. Yeah, that's oh, that, out in a field. That might be the yeah, new one. Or, like That might be the fourth off, one. Like turning cameras around because there's cameras at the place or something. Or she puts up cameras. And whoever that killer is starts turning the cameras around or some shit. That might be four, but I only saw it once when it came out 11 years ago or some shit. I've seen so. it maybe twice. I wanted to watch it again before this, but this movie didn't really reference it at all. So, cool. What are you rating this? Uh, this is going to get a solid 27 and a half Randy Quaid's from me because I did really like the, uh, like the super meta chick. Uh, I really like the whole rules and stuff like that i just wish that the ghost face killers would be more consistent with their killing in the end like achieve what you want to achieve and then be happy when that movie get comes out and you can go to theaters and watch it and be like oh yeah like i'm super hard and super well, wet and all this. all they were doing to its detriment was echoing the first one where they do the same shit exactly take too long explaining their plan and injuring each other and they fuck themselves it's just another version of that which again doesn't do anything for me what you need to do is give me a twist there well and that's where i thought they were going to do that and i thought that they were going to get away with it that they were just going to kill everybody and get away with it I figured they were going to at least end up having Sydney get murdered, which would have bummed me out. Oh, but I, I was like, if that, I would have murdered one of them, that would have been great. I would have say That would have been where you go, oh, fuck. Like, I figured Dewey was going to be as far as you were going to go. Not even, I don't even think I'm Gale watching that scene that at the end when they're in the kitchen. I'm like, well, I know Monica and fucking Nev Campbell have plot armor. 
So. Oh, and, and that's exactly why there were no stakes for me in that scene. Like, oh, you kill off the new girl? Okay, well, that's stupid for you if you're trying to keep this going. You kill off one of the two that you've been protecting for four other movies? I just don't see you having the balls to do that at this point. Even if they even say it to, like, oh, anybody can die now. Well, when she stabs Ned, when she go like, uh, Sydney goes for the knife, but Amber, like, stabs her in the gut, that's where she's like, oh, yeah, you can kill anyone. I'm like, oh, shit, did they do it? Did they finally fuck, did stab her in the gut? Is she going to die now? But about five seconds later, I was like, nah, they're not going to kill any of these girls because they're all nursing these gut wounds but are also still Walking looking just fine yeah you know, looking like they're ready to go to battle still i'm like they're gonna go through they're gonna survive and there's gonna be another screen movie that's why i wanted them to do the twist of like these two actually get away with it they didn't they die and like we all said like that's why it gets a uh, barely above 25 at the highest i don't even care if they didn't get away with it just some something that didn't so closely mirror the first one needed to happen. Even just this, like, give me a surprise death like that. Kill someone I don't think you're going to kill. What do you need? You don't Sydney need Sydney Prescott for again. Yeah, you don't need Sydney coming into Scream Six. If you did your job right, you just gave yourself Sam as the person you can hand the torch to, as they say in the movie. Because Amber is trying to get the torch, and they make a joke out of it after she gets set on fire. Like, I hope you enjoyed that torch, bitch, or whatever. The yeah, they said it's just like. Come on, really? Even that was that was such a bad joke. Low the whole setting fruit. on fire thing really was the fucking thing that put me over the top. I said, nah, I gotta take, I cannot take this movie seriously. No, and then she had to shoot the dude in the face after she already cut his throat. Like, I love he's that, not actually. living from that. No, but I still loved to shoot him in the fucking. I think she shot him in the chest like twice and then blew the top of his fucking head off. I was like, I'm okay with that kind of overkill. Fuck it, let's get gory because that was the goriest the movie got. Was when the top of his head exploded, and they didn't even give you a not really. clear shot of it. All right, so uh, I think that we can all agree that you can go to Fifty Randy Quades and check out all of our episodes from the past, including our TV talk series, which will be returning very soon with our third series, The Secret Circle. And you can also go to Spotify and uh, follow us. Follow our podcast 50 randy quaids like us there or you know give us the rating of the star thing send me money shoot me an email at 50 randy com and let me know if you want to give me money and then i will email you my venmo account and we're also on apple podcast you know that's right next time on 50 randy quaids we have episode 143 drive angry that's right you heard it here first we are returning to hashtag cage talk edition with the 58th nicholas cage classic but until next time we watch movies so you don't have to peace Peace out. out